big time actors of that time, but I really don't know whom else could have really stepped into it. I don't even know if uh, uh, Sidney Poitier would have mm. overpowered it because I know, you know, we know Sidney Poitier and we know the roles that he's done and what he's known for. So for him to have stepped into it and have, and have um, been as quiet, I don't know if that would have been a challenge for him because we always know him to be so, you know, encumbering and he takes up the, the, the room and he, and he owns it um, so much. But with Ivan Dixon, there was a quietness that was just so rich with the little bit um, that he was doing and not doing, you know, so to speak. But that, but I, I really love this film. I was, I was doing some, um, some research, like looking it up on Wikipedia and stuff, and they were talking about how um, it wasn't released in, in, but you know, but so many theaters. You know, the distribution wasn't, but yeah. so, so wide. But once it was, you know, remastered and put on DVD, it was received by, by a lot of people. And, uh, and and it's almost been um, a required screening when it comes mm-hmm. to black culture and you know socioeconomic differences and, and and the things that we have to deal with you know up up until this day. Everybody, this is Petey. This is the this is a spinner rack where we're gonna do something different again. And ultimately, we um, right now before I introduce, obviously I'm Petey. We also have my friend David Roberts, D. Black, the poet, actor. I'm I want to get him onto being a writer also, and obviously he's strong. You know, he could be a director too. I'm not sure if he has. We haven't talked about it, so he has something <laughs> in the theater. That, so can you introduce introduce yourself to the the audience? Oh, hey, everybody. As, as already stated, my name is David Roberts, actor, spoken word artist, and spoken word. I'll go by the name Deep Black, but a longtime friend and associate of Sam Barton. Happy to be here. Let's, let's talk about these movies. Let's talk about culture. Let's talk about how a lot of the things that have um, been happening and affecting us back then are still affecting us now. So I'm gonna, my only other thing is say, when we, we were working on a film that didn't get made, but ultimately, <laughs> I had I had written a script that had a very tough line. I didn't know how it was going to sound. It was something that I had interacted with a friend, mm-hmm. and it was and it was a, a, a sequence I had with a friend, and mm-hmm. it was funny to me. But I didn't know how it was going to translate. Mm-hmm. And I gave it. It was a side I gave to David. He read it and he added something. He pluralized the word in there, and it was just like it bowled me over. Like we fell out on the table and he was so confident and he was just like, what is it? What else you want me to do? Where you want me to go? And this is like, oh, this guy, he's like, he's there. And then like, you want to see anyone else? I'm like, no, he's pretty good. So he's really good. So, and then also I did see his one man show. I said David's one man show. And that really introduced to me because I've seen him do a lot of different things, but the whole idea and the similarities in our, on our backgrounds and some struggles and some, you know, like, upbringing and that sort of thing. It was very interesting. His one man show was very, I mean, I mean, that's something everyone should see and he should do it more. I want to last plug, but okay, you can add anything in there. But um, <laughs> definitely check out his YouTube. We'll have that up and... Um, Let's talk equality unequal, similarities unimportant. My hue leads to questions that I find intrusive like, where you heading this time of night?
You live around here? We, we watched a movie called um, Nothing But a Man. And um, this movie is, is Malcolm X's favorite film. You know, wow, I never knew that. Okay. Yeah, it's his favorite okay. film. I'm going to just go to my IMDb just so I can, um, well, let me cool. share the screen. Cool. So I can um, pull this up rather than it freeze. Let's see. And on here. So we have the, the director, I guess it's what Michael Romer, and then right. we also have um, Robert M. Young, that's, that's one of the yeah. writers. Yeah, I believe he was the, the DP as well. Oh, yeah, oh man, oh, that's, that's, that's good to know. Yeah. And Ivan Dixon is the lead. He, I knew him originally from Car Wash, but he was in Hogan's Heroes. He's in, um, he, he, he did a film called Spook that sat by the door. Right. So, and, um, my, my introduction to him was a was a, a couple Twilight Zone episodes. Yes, yes, yeah. That's what I think. Very strong voice. I was pretty really, really impressed. I was like, wow, this guy really that voice is strong. I was like, wait, this is the same guy from Car Wash. <laughs> so. Now, um, now, Abby Lincoln is the love interest, but she's, right. she's also a singer. Now, right. now, I didn't know too much about it. Before I knew this movie, she, um, she had this um, brief moment in this thing. Oh, man, I don't have it. But it's, she's in this Jane Mansfield movie, and my mother, my, ultimately, my mother's the one who's like, I want you guys to talk about this movie. Like, okay. she was a movie that she, as a a young person was kind of like, nah, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that sort of thing. I don't, it's going to be depressing. And this, now, did, and the other. did she hear about it prior or did she already know from the title that it was going to be depressing? Like what, you know, how did she? She was she, just, from what she heard, what she heard, she was just like, this is going to be one of those things. I think it was ultimately she was going to movies for like escapism. And, got, fun. Got, and then gotcha. she was like, this looks like it's going to be like, like something heavy, and she was just like a beeline the other way. And then um, she ultimately watched some interviews with Ivan Dixon. He said the only two things that he did in film and in the industry that was good was this one was nothing but a man and spooked by that set by the door. Mm. Like that's the, that's what, from that she was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I need to see this. She also um, sent me this book about it, which I haven't finished yet. I just started, but she sent me this book. Well, what's the title of that book again? Okay, so it's the politics and the politics of the black film of black film. Mm -hmm. When was that? Hmm? I mean, I mean, I may need to pick that up. When was that written? When was the uh, copyright? I think it's recent. I think it's very recent. Um, let's see. Is it twenty fifteen? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty recent. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna pick that up. So um, from there, she watched it recently. Um, she she definitely appreciated it. And she was one of those things where she wished she watched it when she was younger because she knew him from Hogan's Heroes and this other thing. And she's like, oh, he has all this great work. And she's like, oh, all this stuff he doesn't like. So it made her decide to sort of watch it. And she was like, it was, you know, it's a strong film. Yeah. Now, um, to do a brief overview of the film, it's about sort of a train worker, he's a transient worker that kind of moves from town to town. Mm -hmm. We don't know too much about his history, but it has some people that we've seen before, Yafred Kotal's in, in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Juju um, Harris from Superfly, uh, yeah. <laughs> Gloria, Gloria Foster, uh, Julie, Julius Harris's, 
I guess. The Oracle. The Oracle. Yeah, the Oracle. Oracle. The Oracle. Like, yes. Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> that threw me. Um, yes. I saw Esther Roll as a background actress. Yes. In the, the wedding. <laughs> I mean, I was just sitting here like, wait a minute, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. So, I mean, so many, you know, you know, faces and names. Uh, the, the other brother from Malcolm X, um, when, when, uh, when, when Denzel was getting his hair cut and the, and the older gentlemen were all talking, mm-hmm. he was like, I guess he was the antagonist in, in yeah. this movie. And yeah. he, you know, I forgot the, the, the brother, I think he has the, the line in um, Malcolm X where he says, sassy, frassy. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. when you go back to that opening scene where, where Denzel's getting his first conk, he's one mm-hmm. of the old. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can tell because he has that same birthmark on it, I think mm. right by his nose. So um, it was just good seeing all of those familiar faces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, of course, a, a lot younger. But I was like, oh, wow, I recognize everyone. It just, it just felt good. It just felt good to see that. So he, he his character is Duff, Duff Anderson, and he, he's, you know, he's um, kind of tired of being sort of, tra- you know, transient, like moving around. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to deal with all the locals. And then he ultimately goes to church, yeah. and he sees someone that piques his interest. But as sort of the, you know, this guy that moves around, he's just kind of saying, hey, we're going to make out or we're going to like get married. What are we going to do here? Right. And they sort of have their first brush of trouble on one of their first dates where the white people in town kind of, no, they don't kind of, they only half harass them because they realize she's the preacher's daughter and he's connected right. in town. So they're right. like, you know, basically he's, you know, in good with the people. So they're like, don't mess with her. Yeah, they, they fall back of that mm-hmm. yeah so and so he's still interested because she's like she has um she's a little more i guess is a little more not really spicy because she's definitely sort of the girlfriend but she mm-hmm. has an interesting angle on stuff that, right that really catches him you know mm-hmm. and he's he's like he's like thinks that she kind of he's thinking that she kind of looks down on him but she doesn't she always right you have a you said you have a sort of a backwards way of thinking so it's mm-hmm. interesting to see that sort of courting thing where she's interested, but ultimately back then most people had to you meet, there's you know, or you get married. That's sort of right. thing. you couldn't, you, you know, you're not supposed to have sex before marriage. So most right. of the time you hear that, and that's across the board with um, you know, with um white and black family, mm-hmm. black, black um couples. So ultimately he makes the decision, you know what, I'm tired of this. We can get married. You know, right. You know, they they have a little thing where he goes into town. He goes to see see his father, and now right. we see Gloria Foster and um and uh, and what's it was it Julius, Julius Harris? Yeah, Julius Harris. Character name, but yeah, Julius Harris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he sees that, he sort of comes back because she's with him halfway through the trip, and she's like, "Hey, let's let's sort of get you know, let's let's do this." And you see them making their way initially, but mm-hmm. they see across the way a family that's been in this new neighborhood that's been through it. That right. he, the, the husband is kind of beat down and all he wants to do is drink and sit out front and the wife right. is just sort of giving it to him. Yeah, she's better for him. So, you know, once they get to work, this is where the most of the plot of the movie starts to change where everyone is sort of, it's ultimately the hardest thing because it deals with the fact that you're underfoot. Like you right. call the the black workers in the mill are called boys, right. treated lower than the white workers, and there's an added thing where the white you know, the white um the white workers could actually just take their food needed yeah. to laugh. Dude, it's, it's <laughs> so uh, 
he was even just goes yes i was like wait what <laughs> yeah. i was like wait a minute <laughs> and just kind of like you know, I, I guess at that point and also at that time they kind of you know shrugging shoulders and this is just the way things are it's been accepted you know we it, it's kind of uh it's customary we're, you know we're kind of complacent to it so this is yeah this is unfair but yet at the same time this is the way things go and, and why ruffle feathers if everybody's used to it already. But there was, there was so much um, in this film. I like started writing notes and stuff. So it, it, it talks about you know, how status is important. It, it, it talks about how there were, you know, our intra-racial issues um, that we have as people out of it, only as just a, a color thing. It's also a very economic thing. And how a lot of times you may you know, tap dance um, in order to do things, in order to get along, um, in order to, to keep our status or in order to gain a status. And there were just so many quotes. Th thank you so much for reminding me about this movie because I only saw it once. I saw it once because the, the girl that I was dating, she had brought it to my attention and I'd never heard the movie before. Mm -hmm. I'm like, nothing about a man because mine is, it's an independent film. That's the way it was, um, uh, that's the way it was produced as well as um, distributed. So it's very you know, under the radar unless someone brings it to your attention. So I looked at it and I was just really, um, I was caught by it. And even though the movie moves kind of slow, especially for the average American cinema watcher, we're used to things moving at a certain pace. But when you watch an independent film, you're forced to sit there and just go on that journey at that cadence and at that pace and at that, you know, whatever rhythm and frequency is moving in, either you stay along for the ride or you just get off. <laughs> but because of the fact that Ivan Dixon is just so gripping and you really love his character and you want to see how does this turn out? Where does, it, where does this go? Where does, this, where does their relationship go? Where does the relationship with himself go? Because you see that he's going through things and there's this son that he's kind of in the air about, is it my son? I'm not sure, but even though I'm not sure, I'm going to still check on him. Um, then you have his dad, Who's, who's kind of on the outs, but he's still my dad, so I'm gonna check on him. So he's, uh, he, he has these ties that, that he's not, not letting go of. He still feels kind of shaky about them, but he still holds on to him. He holds on to them, I should say. And he has such a strong desire for um, some means of stability. He, he wants that, he needs that, he knows it. He may not be fully articulate about it, but he knows that there's a need and a drive for that as a, as a means of destination. So he sees this woman who seems like that, um, that stable partner, that, that, that complementary partner that I can build a family and a stable life with. So he starts going in that direction. But, you know, once you start going in that direction now, you know, as the man, you now have to be that provider. You now have to help build that foundation. You have to have the, you have to have the home, you have to have the, the finances, you know, food, bread, water, right? you know, you have to have things. And when it becomes hard for you to do that, you know, once again, once again, air quote, as the man, you're going to start to question yourself a man, mm. because that's the, the social construct that we've kind of raised in. That if you're going to be, you know, capital M-A-N, then you have to have, you know, capital M-O-N-E-Y. <laughs> so, and, and, and it, it, it reminds us of how much um, of what is tied into the, the, the social climate of how um, important money and finances are.
not only in supporting ourselves, but in us just being able to stand up and walk upright. And one of the things that I like about this project, which kind of is reminiscent of um, uh, of Raising the Sun, if you, have you seen Raising the Sun, one, one of the thing, one of the, yeah, yeah, one of the things that I love about this project that's very reminiscent about that piece is that it's a reminder of how, yes, money is essential, yes, money is important, but it's not the end all, be all, and his character doesn't, his character doesn't run out and get like the, the ending of the movie is not uh duff running out and getting a job or mm. him or him getting a job you know the ending of the movie is him getting his son whether he and i don't even know if at that time they had like you know i don't know whatever blood tests or uh, paternity tests I, I don't know if they you know had that stuff or if they were as um savvy with uh with things as they are now but regardless of what he knows or he doesn't know he goes to get his son you know, in the rain, you know, and all that, mm, all those yeah. little details. <laughs> you know, it's not like a sunny day. Like it was a, it was torrential weather, and, you know, and it's, you know, it's raining in the car. Yeah, because the car I'm, is terrible. Yeah, so it's like all of that stuff. But he goes to get his son anyway. He brings him back to his wife. You know, they, they decide to, to build things from where they are. Things are still shaky, but at least they're together and things are shaky. And that's the point, as opposed to he got a job, he started saving money, and then he went back home. That wasn't the point. The point was that as the man that he was, where he was, he was growing from there, and he was going to make it work, all three of them, especially since his own father passed away. I think that spoke volumes. Uh, you know, there was a lot of um, juxtaposition in this film, like the scene that you talked about where um, his coworker was getting berated by his wife because he, you know, he's good for nothing and you know, all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. But then the scene right before, you see um, Duff and, and Josie kind of you know, play fighting outside. Yes. So they're having a good time joking around and then it just jumps to his, co you know, his coworker uh, you know, a, a, a couple of yards away being dogged out by his woman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was just like, oh wow. It's like all this stuff. And, and um, the scene uh, that, that caught me in the end when, you know, when, um, when Duff does finally come home, it was just a couple scenes back where Duff leaves out and he's and he tells his wife that he's you know he's you know he's out of here. And and that spoke volumes for me because when I, I was younger, but my bullying experience wasn't like everybody else's. My my um as you said, you saw the the one man bullying experience wasn't, you know, I'm getting, you know, popped in the face every day. My, my bullying experience is like, I, I could count, you know, maybe on two hands, the amount of times that I was like physically accosted, maybe just one, one, one hand, the amount of times that I was physically accosted. But out of all of those times, there were times where I was either followed or someone would ask me something and I would, and my anxiety would build up. So my bullying experience is more so the anxiety that I felt because of the situation that I was in, as opposed to someone actually physically hurting me. But the few times that I was uh, physically hurt or harmed, that just sent my anxiety racing for everything else that happened that seemed like it would lead to that. So um, I'm saying that to say when Duff gets up and he tells um, uh, Josie, I believe, uh, you, yeah, when he says, you'll be better off without me, it, you know, it's just like a lynching. If it, it, that, that spoke, that spoke um, volumes, volumes for me because at the time that I was being bullied, 
there was one time when I was actually physically accosted. My mom found out and she thought it'd be best for me to not go outside for the weekend. I think that that maybe happened like on a, maybe, maybe it was a Friday or a Thursday and she didn't want me to go out, you know, for the rest of the weekend just to lay low. My mindset at that time was if I can't defend myself, then I don't deserve to go outside at all. So literally from like third grade up until uh, up through college, I literally just went to school, came back home, did homework, watched videos, watched TV, listened to the radio. That was my life after that one incident. There were other little incidents um, before that, but nothing like as physically damaging as that one time. So that one time just set the stage for everything else. So when he said, so when he said to his wife, if I can't, you know, you know, provide for you, or if I can't, you know, be the man that I need to be for you, then I don't deserve this life. So that spoke volumes for me. And I remember the first time I saw it, I remember actually crying when he said that, because it, because it resonated to me in my own way. So when I saw it again, I was like, woo, like, you know, you know, when you see that line, it's like, woo, I was like, okay. Pause. <laughs> let's um <laughs> let's take it in. Let's take yeah. it in. <laughs> Everyone, we look at ourselves and we put ourselves in the dove part. Like we think that we're that's what I'm gonna do and that's what I do. Even in life, we as you were talking about with the bullying and it, that really struck a chord at the same time. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the bullies in a sense that were beating me up because I was always agreeable. So you could talk <laughs> You could reason, you could logic me out of stuff, and I wouldn't feel like I was taking it. It's only, I remember in, in high school in Tilden, it was supposed to be like in Samuel J. Tilden, it was supposed to be the highest crime rate school. So I was really like worried about it when I got there. And the only thing I really struggled with with this guy, he asked me to wear my sneakers because he came in with like valleys. And he was like, Can I wear your sneakers to play? Because I would just sit and do nothing. Because I was just like, I'm, Let me just try to be invisible here. And he would borrow my sneakers in a day. Then a whole group of kids, they came up to me that looked like, and they looked like they were bigger than me because I was very small. I, I, I hit puberty very late. They came up to me and they said, stop letting him borrow your sneakers. <laughs> I was like, I thought they are coming to do something else. And they're like, I'm like, what? And I, think, I was like, I don't know the problem. It's like, just don't let him borrow your sneakers. Don't let him he in there. He's like gallivanting. He's got his BBD outfit on there with basically underwear, but he's wearing them like clothes. And he's like, you know, can I take a And in a nice way. And I was like, no. And then he's like, why not? I was like, no. And then next, you know, he's like, and then he looks at me and says, oh, you look like you're going to cry. I was like, I just can't do it. And I think, I think ultimately he did push me at some point later. And I always held it that I wish I did something at that point. But I was just like, I wasn't actually hurt. It was pride. And then I was always saying, and I was so much small, so much smaller at that point. Um, I just worried about getting beat up. And it's funny, the person who met, asked me to stand up, I met him years later, and I've always kept him in my mind. And the next thing you know, I'm like saying, I finally hit puberty, and I'm like way taller. And this guy who's like, who's short now, not the guy who bullied me, but the guy who told me to stand up for myself. And it's like things change, but that guy was very important to me at that point. I was seeing him, was like, I was just like, and he's, oh, I, I saw you. This thing, I see, he saw me someplace, and I was just like saying, oh, he got to see me more in my element where, like, I had hair, I was, I was driving around, this, that, and the other. At that point, when he saw me, I was about to lose my hair. I had the hair. I had both <laughs> on the back. So we're in the middle. But it was interesting seeing someone where you're at a different stage. You know, a couple of scenes later, for him to come back, 
with his son and for um, him to do the best that he could to rebuild and still be the man that he wanted to be. He didn't, he didn't tap dance, you yeah. know, wasn't, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a bootlicker and, and, and he was proud of that and he should be, you know, you know, even j just as, just as an American, if not as a, as a, if not as a melanated person, as an American, you should stand up to say, no, I'm doing this the way that I want to do this, you know, this, this, that, and the third, as opposed to, okay, I'm going to, you know, go along to get along. And if this man wants to eat for my sandwich, and if I have to keep my head low in order for me to, you know, keep this house, then that's what I'm going to do. Duff was absolutely opposite of that. And he tried his best to, um, to promote that. You know, I, I love the scene where the, where, where the uh, I guess the foreman or the, or the boss comes up to him and he's like, look, um, you've been telling my, my guys that you're trying to, you know, unionize. Yeah, you know, yeah we, we don't need that here, boy. You know, you need to, you know, turn, and then to up the ante and tell them and tell him that he has to apologize to them, that, that everything he was saying was wrong. And, and I love the scene, because once again, Ivan Dixon was just so, he was just so quiet and strong. And I have a lot of respect for actors who know how to be a, a quiet storm. You know, it's not that it needs to be a, a blow up or, 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 or big. He just looked at the man, he looked at them, he turned to his locker, emptied it out, and he was out of there. And, and, and that was the scene. It wasn't a big old, you know, guys, you know, how dare you, you know, it, it was none of that. Yeah. You know, he, he just walked out with his integrity and his head held high and it was, I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Well, that's one of the things that's harder in real life because in a movie as a lead, you can mm -hmm. say, well, I can, I see the scene differently where I get right. to curse out my co-workers. Right. right, right, right. I mean, like, you know, the basic the thing that was in um, Half-Baked, F you, F you, you're cool, that's something. You don't get to do that at jobs because you ultimately, you don't right. want the story to go around that you're just a troublemaker. But at the same time, carrying himself with respect. So it's like, I'm not going to lower myself. But I'm right. not gonna go low, and then ultimately, that's the thing that leads to some of the struggle in the in the marriage. Because he right. comes home, and his it becomes physical. And yeah, that's the hard thing, and that's with and that happens in America of someone who's taking a you know a mill job, a job where you don't get any self respect, right. can't say anything like the workers, and then you could turn into that guy who's sitting in the porch, or right. you could take some of it out out on his wife where she's like. She's still being there for him. She's still finding a way. And it's like also the, I mean, the, the pride aspect of him having to go home and then like say, oh, okay, I can work or I can go back to the school. And he's just like, like, this is like, this is going to really hurt me even more than I provide for you. And right. um, well, that's one of, one of the things that I, that, that scene was um, very powerful because it's ultimately mm -hmm. had those glances from the workers, like saying like, See what you're gonna do now. Like, how are you gonna? What are you gonna say to them now? Like, what are you gonna do? That and like that sort of thing. Where ultimately at the end they realize that one of them comes and says, "Hey, you know, we that happened before, and you know, we wanted to, you know, basically, but they want to test them to see if he would hold up." And then right. like you lose something there when it's like, I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough thing because most of the time in jobs, it can be like that where we don't, and especially back then, not as much now, but at the same time. It's really, it's really tough for me to see, to see that. And then mm -hmm. go to other jobs and then situations where, you know, he knows his stuff, but ultimately he's trying to help the guy out the ditch. The guy's saying, oh, that something goes wrong, but something, things go wrong with, you know, 
with people and they're like, no, I know my thing where it's a you know, person of color is just like, right. <laughs> you know, I need an apology. I need this, that, and right, that. Right, 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 right. There's more to it. I come with this mob to get you, to get you, you know, get your, then the thing is like not only, and that's the thing of which we talk, everyone's talking about like privilege right now, white privilege. And one of the things that people don't understand is as far as workers being, we call boy, like he comes to a new job and they just starting to call him boy from like a mile away. And then like that aspect. And then the guy saying, you just need to laugh at my jokes. Yeah. It's funny or not. And then, Hey, here's some, uh, you got some food. I'm just going to eat out of your plate. I mean, woof. Yeah. I mean, it was so many little things. And I, and I love how, um, uh, I guess it was another foreman or a supervisor. He was calling out, uh, to, to Ivan and, and Ivan was so in his work. He yeah. didn't even acknowledge, you know, the first couple of times that he was calling him boy. He was just in his work. And, you know, and, and either it was a, a choice of Duff being so in his work or mm-hmm. Duff not acknowledging that he is a boy. You know, either or, whatever whatever direction, um, you know, was trying to be showcased um, in, in that scene, it just spoke relevancy. And, and he was just so strong and he was just so different. Yeah. And, and the fact that his difference was such a threat to them. Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, yes, this guy's a great worker, but he's thinking differently from all the other workers that we have. That's, that, that's, that's a problem because that can influence other people. And it just, uh, it, it, it shows how one person can make a difference because that, that ripple effect, you know, when you look at the, the fact that Malcolm X says that this is one of his favorite films, that, that, that says something, especially when you see a character such as Duff, the, the way he's portrayed and, and the fact that he does not uh, back down and the mm-hmm. fact that he is one man has created such a stir and such an influence that, that, that says something. And I like the fact that he doesn't, uh, he doesn't get beat up. There isn't a scene where he has to learn his lesson or he, or he doesn't get killed in the end. You know, it's it, it, it ends with him coming back home to his wife. He has his son he has his son in hand. Um, you know, he was able to give his uh his final respects to his father. We don't um I believe the the, the mom the, the mom passed away when he was child. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so that so that chapter in his book is closed and he's and he's doing the best that he can to write um to write a new chapter and a, and a better one than the ones that he's already lived. That's one of the things with the father. That's going to be one of my big points is that the father really made the tension that could be with, I mean, there's tension when your father's in your life and there's tension when there's a strange relationship. And this, right. it can be the same thing, but it's once you become an adult, it's like, what does this guy want from me? Like, right. what is my son here? Like, does he want something? He feel old something. Okay. Right. Here's my girlfriend. Like, like right. hey, like you know, what do you think? And then it's like he just tells him to get out of here. And then when he comes back, he's in even in the worst way. And that's one of the things that I think is it can be strong because there's always going to be a rivalry with fathers mm-hmm. and sons in general, where you see someone that you still see as a kid, and that person is an adult now. And I think that was played. Right. And I mean, most and the people that have the solid relationship where there's no tension, that's great. But this some at some point they're like. You still see that person as a kid, right? Or you see someone as, oh, this is a, 
someone who's old and I lived my life. I did everything I was supposed to do and then, oh, I forgot I had. Right. And that's what he was going through with his own son, where he's like saying this son is abandoned by his mother because the mother has his own life. And then he's like, well, I don't even know if it's mine, but that this kid is going to have nothing right. in, this, in this life. So it's, it, it was a very strong moment to make the decision that I did lay with this woman. I'm going right. to take care of this kid. And the fact that his wife was very interested, even though she had a kid coming along, you see right. her light up when she's right. Son, because this is the part right. she wants every you know she wants every part of him, and she right. wants to learn more. So that was very strong. So I want to. I know on time we might be running close on time. Is there any other points you want to get to? I want to get to any of your points. There's so many. I wanted to throw out the idea of maybe making a part two. Okay. <laughs> because yeah. This does yeah. not feel like an hour long. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to yeah, do I was an hour and a half. This probably feels like a good two to three hour uh, <laughs> session, especially for anyone else who um who who's seen it um let's see i got so many things here uh okay let, let's get the small stuff out of the way at the fifth at the 59 minute mark i do not think the aspca or PETA would have been cool with that cat scene oh. <laughs> when he put the box <laughs> i was like he's okay. starting, he starting this to show his <laughs> struggle with it so he's taking it out on the cat <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> this is going to fly 1964, not 2020. Yes. <laughs> it's not going to fly. Yeah. <laughs> we got a hard enough time with fur coats. Um, that, that, that part was very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, it was sad to see um, him breaking the chair. I understood it. Mm -hmm. I understood it and I got it. But uh, it was just a really sad thing to see. Um, once again, one of the words that really sticks out to me about this project is, is, is juxtaposed. There was a lot of juxtaposition. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that he pretty much is let go because he's defending his woman's honor, but then at the same time, he pushes his woman when he gets home. Yeah. So it's like all that stuff because, because the, the guy wasn't really getting to him. And I, have to, and I have to give that to him, you know, not only in the acting, but also the writing. Because when the guy shows up at the, at the gas station, you know, he's, 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 dig, he's digging on him. He's, you know, he's pushing his buttons, he's pushing, he's pushing his buttons. But he just, you know, he stands firm. He's like, you know, 38 cents, you know, 38 cents, 38 cents. That's, you know, you know, fair and square, 38 cents. But then when they start getting on his wife, that's when it's like, okay. <laughs> now it's like, listen, dude, get out of here. <laughs> you know? Because now, now you've now you've pushed the wrong button. So you know, then of course his boss comes out, and you know he doesn't want to risk his business. So he makes you know he makes his decision without even you know fully telling him. You know, Duff kind of just steps out the way. He's like, look, I already know what it is. I'm out of here. Yeah. So he goes home. You know, tail between his legs. His you know his wife is you know still by his side, but at the same time she doesn't know the full story that you know it was in defending you know. Um, her honor that that's what ultimately led to him making his decision so he's he's just at that place of frustration and he just simply you know he pushes her down and um it, it was it was just it was it was sad but it was real because it, it, it just reminded us they human. sorry does today's audience can they accept that he pushed down his no pregnant wife are you kidding me <laughs> are you kidding me I'm sorry to if, push it if he even went like if he even like restrained himself, I don't think that would have flew well. No way. Um, it's a it's a different social climate. It's a different social climate. Um, I think even with 
even with him wanting to struggle and take care of her, I, I, I think even that would be looked at as funny, you know, today, which, which is weird. But I think, and, and I know, I, you know, I get, you know, crucified for this. I, I think there is a little bit more of a window now in regards to the, the things that a, a, a wife can do and still be considered a wife as opposed to the things that a husband can do and still can be considered a husband or a man or a woman, you know, whatever the case may be. And I think that those things, it'd be kind of nice to sit down and unpack, um, you know, what's the, where all that is rooted in and what's that stemming from and, and whether or not it's, it's a plus and a minus for all of us and whether, and whether or not it's helpful or not for all of us. So I think that, that, that there's a, a whole lot of um, there's a whole lot of unpacking that 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 should be um, done there. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see uh, the Augusta Road. Oh yeah, there were lines in there that I loved. There were a lot of um, quotes <clears throat> said, um, "You can't live without trouble, can you?" That was a good line. Yeah, I, I think that it just spoke it spoke truth. You know. Um, Duff is sitting in the in the living room, you know, having that man to man with with Josie's father, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, Josie's father's kind of telling you, know, he's a preacher man. He's doing what he has to do. He's he's saying what he has to say. He's, he's walking yeah. that that tightrope in mm -hmm. order to keep everything at peace, not only for himself but you know for I would have to say for the black community at that time because he's a he's a he's a leader, you know, at that time. You know, preachers weren't just preachers, you know, preachers weren't just leaders of their um, congregation. They were leaders of, you know, the town. Yeah. So, you know, he's a pretty uh, uh, looked up to type of man. And he's trying to, I guess he was either trying to give Duff some wisdom or kind of trying to let him see things, you know, from a, from a different side. And, you know, Duff's just, Duff's just not that guy. And it's just so interesting that we don't really see much of Duff's history duff is just duff is just duff and we just take it all the we just, we just take it off the cuff that that's who he is and that's who he's um always going to be and uh the, the other line that i like was um at least she ain't married to no white man's nigga Whew. yeah yeah and he, i was like said at least she ain't married to no white man's nigga you are half a man yeah and then yeah. you you were they married at the time or was it still girlfriend boyfriend? So they were married he was, they were married. Work. He was oh. saying you're making trouble and you know you didn't marry like he kind of hit he hit duck hard and then he had the like not that's the thing he didn't just break he's sitting down and he basically right. hit him in the gut two times and right. he has to concede a little to be like hey i have i've had conceded to the white man a lot to get this, to be able to operate with no problems. Right, right. Uh, uh, and then, you know, you, you, your wife is in the kitchen. She's crying because y'all yeah. pretty much, you know, tearing each other up. And uh, yeah, man, that was, that was a, whew, that was, that was a, that was a big deal. But it just speaks to the character of Duff and how necessary it hit, it is for him to not only be a man, um, under the definition of whatever the social climate is, but um, under his own uh, definitions of integrity and, and what being a man is for him, not, he should be able to walk, uh, you know, head high, just as, you know, just, just as high as, as anyone else. And he shouldn't have to, you know, you know uh, uh, walk with um, 
head bended down just because that's the lay of, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the way of the land. He's uh, he, he knows better. He knows better. He's going to be his own man. Regardless of what anyone says. Um, One of the yeah. ones that I think was um, powerful because, um, you know, his wife, she's very progressive. So mm -hmm. he has a moment where he looks at the neighbor's kids and he says, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, um, we, you want, you want to have a whole bunch of pickaninnies? And right. Like, Don't call them that. And right. it's the thing, like, she's already moved past not using the term, like, using the N-word, not using the terms that they've given to black children and all this right. stuff like that. She's, a, you know, her, even her dialogue, you can see, obviously, she's a teacher, so, she, you know, she has education, but her own approach to things is different. Even if she was afraid, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm afraid of the white men, but of the physical thing. I'm not afraid of them in general. When I see them, I don't. And, you know, like tense up. They right. Were, that was another powerful scene, even though he he balked at what she said. Yeah. Was a there, there was a, there was another one. Um. Uh. Okay. Yeah. So I think I don't know if it was the scene after the one you're talking about, or if it was before. They're having their little moment, and I re I really wish I remember what the whole scene was about. But he says, um, yeah, she says to him, not if you see them for what they are. Mm, yes. And, yeah. 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 And I wish, um, I wish there was a little bit more mm. after that. Yes. I, I don't know if it was because the writers were white. <laughs> you know, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But I really wish that there was a little bit more unpacking, as opposed to it being so abstract. I'm, I'm really spoiled as a as a as a, as a cinema watcher. Sometimes I want things to be. Um, said as plain as and as clear and as uh, um, transparent as possible. And I thought that it was a nice line. I just wish that it was unpacked just a little bit more. Because, you know, when she says, when we, I think he says, aren't you scared of them or something like that? And then she said, and it's just not if you see them for what they are. And I really wish I knew what she sees them, you know, what she sees them as or how she sees them as. And then that, that follow-up line, he's like, you ain't never been a nigga, have you? And it's like, yeah. it's like that. It's that, it's that thing, you know. It's that, it's that, that that gray area. It's it's that it's, it's those things that I talk about. It's those things that I'm against, but I understand. It's those things that I try to be selective with what uh, battle I'm gonna fight whenever you know a statement like that is made. Because yeah. on one side, I get it you feel that you are a nigger but is uh the social climate and the construct that you've been born and raised into and you know and there's so much pressure being put on you to make sure that you feel this way yeah. but then on the flip side there's always that part of it like you've never been a nigger because that's not the makings of you you know it's just what it's just the situation that you've been put into so whenever you're in any social construct there's going to be there's going to be characters you know even when you write a script. Uh, a lot of times, when you look at a television show, even some movies, unless you're looking at something that's truly independent, more than likely you're looking at archetypes. You're not looking at people that are truly flushed out characters. Mm -hmm. You're looking at uh, an archetype. You're looking at a guy who's going to be the leading man. There's going to be a leading woman. There's going to be a best friend. There's going to be a, you know, <laughs> there's going to be a vamp. There's going to be a mistress. Like there's, it's just a whole bunch of archetypes, and you try to just fill people into these archetypes. You may add a shred of personality yeah. that's a little bit different from the archetype, but generally speaking, 
it's a bunch of archetypes. <laughs> so I think when it comes to, to, to black people in general, we've come to this understanding or this agreement, kind of like um, the father-in-law, where it's like, look, this is the archetype that they've given me. This is the archetype that works. I'm going to play it to the yeah. best of my ability and stop messing things up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's almost like it's not even about the town has giving him his place. Right. Right, right. Yeah, he was like, this is what we do. But ultimately, it's interesting as a filmmaker that you have rivals, but right. you don't have enemies. Like, the white man is almost the closest enemy, but mm -hmm. these are people are just using their power for no good. Like, right. not necessarily great. Like, the people that come on him in the gas station, they're trying to get him to lose the job, and they turn into, we're going to be the mob. And the guy right. attacked him outside the car. But ultimately, like his friends, they're not like, oh, these guys are great guys. There's this tension in, in like Yafet Kotal coming in there and then yeah. visiting. And it's just yeah. like, hey, like you're like almost looking at him like you made a mistake. You're trying this life when you're right, right. on the road in transit like us, you know, dealing with the town girls and this, that, and the other, paying off the town yeah. girls and stuff like it was, that. So, it was, in, I mean, his character, you know how they have like uh, spinoffs of TV shows or, or mm. movies. I wish there was a spinoff about his character because yeah. there was so much. <laughs> there was so much weight there. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, yeah. there was so much not said, and so much that I wish could have been uh, unpacked a little bit further. Because even when he's like saying goodbye to him, you know, after they all visit him, yes. whatever. <laughs> you saw that, right? He's like standing there. And it's like, yo, what is what is this dude's subtext right now? Yeah. There's so much inner mm -hmm. inner monologue going on with this guy, just you know, from you know, from the handshake and him being there. Like, I mean, is he beating himself up and saying that, you know, you know, he's wrong for living his life? Or if or is he looking at Duff saying, Yo, man, you 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 you're going about this the wrong way, you should this is not going to work. This is yeah. the worst, you know, that decision you could ever make. Like, there's so many little things going on inside of uh, Jocko, and and even the name. I was like, who came up with that? Like, like, like me. I mean, maybe I think too much, but like, yeah. I uh, whenever I look at certain things, I'm like, wow, this is a this is a hell of a character, and he and he played it. He played it very smooth, very you know, um, very interestingly. Like yeah. you, you wanna. Uh, see more and hear more and see what's going on with them. But there was a lot with that character. I mean, that's young Yafe Koto, but you can't tell if he's actually young. No. He has no, no. the greatest face ever. He <laughs> has the was, greatest face he was five, he wasn't young. <laughs> <laughs> I was never young. Yeah. He, 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 he speaks weight. He, he exudes a weight on, on on camera and he and he's always been that and those are the things that's um always uh been, been special about him that i've seen him do but yeah 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 man where he's um about to leave mm -hmm. and he says that it's just like a it's just like a lynching you know they may not have a knife but yeah. it's yeah. you know that was uh that was pretty deep and, and, and I think uh, the ultimate thing about this film, one of the ultimate things, is that it speaks to how the socioeconomics have been, um, 
have been a lone d destroyer of the black hole. Um, it, 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 can be, it can be and it has been a, a lone destroyer of the black home and how it does, uh, you know, socio-psychologically lynch us. Because if we don't fit into, you know, once again, if we don't fit into the archetype of, of being a man or fit into the archetype of, of being a husband, then we don't feel worthy of it. You know, at least, at least a real man won't feel worthy of it and we'll just step away because we don't feel that we're deserving of this title because we don't feel like, you know, we're deserving of the title. Like when he goes to ask her for the $10 while he, when, you know, when she's at the salon, it was like, oh God. <laughs> and he's like looking around and he's like, you know, he's like taking the money for the purse. And it's like, you know, it, it makes us feel like we're, you know, we're kids asking mommy for money again. Yeah. So, you know, it's all that, all that stuff. And um, it was just really, really um, done, done well. But, but I, I liked how at the moments that he had to humble himself, he did, but whenever, whenever the standards of him lowering himself was too much, he knew when to step away and not lose dignity completely. It's, it's one thing to compromise, but it, it's another thing when you, when you know that the compromise is too much for you to risk. Well, and I think, yeah, please. I was going to add that there's an interesting thing late in one of the late seasons of, um, of good times, the mm -hmm. woman has a quote where she's writing a play and they keep making changes to it. Mm. They say to Thelma, say, Thelma, you have to compromise. And she says, compromise to a point. But right. sometimes compromise means surrender. And it was right. so odd for good times where they surrendered everything. They lost Florida, James. Yeah. But this, and this is the same thing with this character where he wasn't like he, had compromised. He said, I'm not trying to get trouble. He tried to get his work. He did was respectful to his boss and stuff like that. He was respectful even asking for jobs. Right. They also wanted him to submit, which is kind right. of harder to ask a man to do. To say right. that he's going to be a boy. Like that's right. it's, it's terrible. Yeah, that, that, I mean, you, you just brought up a good point, especially since you know the word boy is brought up so much yeah. like it's uh, it's just uh, it's just this common knowledge and 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 it, it was it was it was the culture mm -hmm. you know and once things become a part of the culture and everybody's kind of like just shrugging their shoulders like why why aren't you being a part of this culture we're used to it why aren't you you know <laughs> it's, just, yeah. It's, just yeah. Yeah. it's just that thing and um yeah, I just think that he did a really good job in 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 standing up for what he believed in, and and and, and just wanted to be wanting to be the man that he wants to be, and that just said uh, so much volumes, especially at that time, and to know that um, two well, I, I believe Robert, I think I wasn't sure, I, I, I forgot which is which, but I believe one of them was Jewish and the other was German, mm -hmm. the two writers, and I believe one had. Um, an experience from uh, escaping from a Jewish, from a, um, oh God, a Jewish concentration camp. Okay. So, um, so I guess that that, you know, fed into a lot of the, the research. Um, and he kind of juxtaposed that to uh, the black life experience in the South because they did a lot of research by, I think, I guess they were asking questions and hanging around black families in the South. At least that's what, that's what Wikipedia says. So, so that's where a lot of the uh, the backstory came from. But it was a very uh, well done movie. I, I think I definitely think that it needs to be seen more. 
but but I, but I will say that there are some movies now being with where I am in my life and also as an actor, there are certain movies that you need to see again mm-hmm. in different places in your life. Because yeah. the first time I saw the movie, yes, it spoke to me, but now it speaks even more to me. And now like, I, I feel that um, I would like to um, go online and purchase the DVD and see what other, um, you know, behind the scenes featurettes and stuff like that. Cause I love, I love watching um, stuff like that and see how much more that will feed, um, feed to me in regards to not only the story itself, but, but the, 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 the impetus and the muse that inspired it and see what happens. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I was just going to end on that. I was brought to this film. I just remembered why I actually was brought to this film. I have mm-hmm. a constant struggle in looking at stuff when I was a kid or younger, or even past, even earlier than that. Mm-hmm. That um, there's these actresses like Abby Lincoln that you see on the, you see online, and you're just like, why didn't this person have a career, right? So I'm gonna show you where I found this person at, right? Spread the gospel, spread the word. So he writ the manuscriptures, did the leader of the flock. And his music is my savior, and his rhythm is my rock. Spread the word, spread the gospel. Now she's more of a plain Jane in the movie, but you can right. see this thing here. And, she, and my mother brought up when we were talking about it, Jane Mansfield in the same dress. Like, why would they have the person in the same dress? But she, you know, she obviously you can see she's a very strong singer. Mm-hmm. But she's singing this spiritual song in this Jane Mansfield movie. She's like, what is this about? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, what, I want to say that's what brought me to this movie. And I'm, right. I'm, I'm glad I got here. And then also talking to my mom about it. So yes, we had um, a good laugh about that. It's just like, uh, what is this about? So yeah, but um, is uh, that what Scott Bart? Is that how Abby Lincoln got her start? Was she an actress first, or was she a jazz singer first? I think she was a singer first, but I don't know much of her history. I don't know much of her history. I was just more interested, you know, like looking at someone like even like in who's stars that are on television, like who like Michelle Nichols. Or like um, Bernadette Standis, like saying these people should have long careers as girlfriends, and you see they've had their their, their things is like next to nothing, and it's like right. I know they possibly done theater. That's the thing that we don't always get to see. Maybe they've done theater. Right. But, um, it's also hard for me where you just like you look at it, like you're watching what's it like like what's that show? Um, what's happening? When you see Bernadette right. growing up, and you're like, oh Lord, and it's like. Put her in some movies, and they're right, 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 right. still, still looking for the new face. So it's just like, no, no, right. no. <laughs> yeah. So, God, man. I mean, I mean, what I, I, what I will say is that, um, if even if a, a child or a teenager doesn't fully get get it, I think that everyone should watch this movie because it's just a strong depiction of um of persistence, determination of how you don't have to buckle to uh, subordination gone too far, mm-hmm. if that sounds uh, um, proper. I, I just think that it just speaks volumes to a person's dignity mm-hmm. and, and how we need to have value, values and, and principles. And that's what we love so much about the Duff character. I was, I was reading um, Wikipedia and they said last minute they were gonna change the name of the film to Duff, I think Duff Johnson or whatever, whatever his name, 
was yeah. Def Jacobson, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they just stuck with uh, Nothing But A Man. But I think Nothing But A Man is definitely the, the better move. But, but we still love that character, Duff. Um, I think he's just a good example for, for many black men to, you know, to, to, to shoot towards and to know that two white guys wrote it, that, 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 um, that says something. It's yeah. good. On, um, I guess on Real Black, they have an interview with, um, Ivan Dixon and he talks about that they, it was almost documentary style. So it feels like they might've shot a lot of locations. Okay. Really setting up that much, so like saying, just you guys pass this through, and then we'll go into these real places. And then I think it's um, was it Julian? Ha he had that moment where he says, "This place is like he reacts to the place like you know, like it's his place. He knows what it right. is. And he's just like he's not even happy with his own home. But he mm -hmm. said they did write. They said they wrote these scenes, but you know, they really were trying to get the, sort of a real experience. So and it comes mm -hmm. up with the performances, and that's one of the things where you feel like there's a struggle of in white, but then ultimately these stories get developed with people. They don't just have, like I think like in Monsters Ball, I think mm -hmm. Ibushay Wright helped develop that, the character that Halle Berry plays. Like people, they filmed those- well, get out of here. I never knew that. She said that in, well, she was ultimately supposed to play the lead. And I wish I still had the interview. But oh, wow. She was so, saying, so, so she, wait a minute. So what was her, I guess, what was her title? Was she a associate? For, like, what was her title? Because I don't think she even has something. She was just early with Lee and uh, the production team, like, talking about the character, this female. Okay. And she was ultimately, they, you know, like, behind the scenes, mm -hmm. you know, thinking about her for the part or her being the part. But they were selling right. it on um, Angela Bassett. But then ultimately they took it. Wow. it you know, she was, Angela Bassett is the only name I've heard ever right. before Halle Berry got the part. Like, Me too. Yeah. And then I'm reading this and she was like, yes, you know, I helped develop it. So like being there, maybe even just talking it over, that sort of thing, and people jotting things down, trying to get some. And then ultimately that's what writers want, unless you have a stilted sort of um, style that you want to do. You don't usually try to get to the heart of something without trying and have the performances like you know like people say i think in um, malcolm x let the spirit come through like the spirit right. of it and then the reality come there without just saying well you know it can't be you know i think that's also what my mother was struggling with it like saying two white guys oh no they're not going to get the experience right that's right so, but right. i mean i think it, you know that's the thing. i think performance um however de you know developing the story and then the you know the, then you can the energy and then the spirit of it and get the reality there, mm -hmm. but I think we did. I think we got we covered a lot. My mother says we got a lot accomplished. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But um, uh, even though we can go back to this, um, David had a very good idea about talking about juice. Yes, coming of age at the end, and yes. he has a very interesting angle, and it very opened my eyes of what I was thinking about juice and Tupac and um, the. Ernest Dickerson and Omar Epps and, and Cindy yeah. from the world. So it was something that, you know, is part of my childhood, something that I looked at, and I think we should talk about that next. But check out Nothing But A Man. It's on Real Black on YouTube. They have an interview with Ivan Dixon. I'll have those in the links. I have um, uh, David, David's information on YouTube on, on, on here. And definitely check it out and comment. Comment on what you think. Watch those movies. Watch our thing. And come back and fight with us because we're ready to fight too. Now we're yeah. ready to fight. No, I'm not just kidding. <laughs>
Now we're bullies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but bully, you know, bully begets bullying. I don't believe that. You, that means you wanted to. If you decide to go out and start bullying, that means, like, I can't wait to find right, some right, smaller exactly. kids to start beating up. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thanks, man. Good platform. Platform. Right. Sooner wreck out.